0: This is the Hockey Flow. I'm pleased to share it with Adam Boucher and Marco Domingo, who you can find on Twitter. Adam can be found at reallyadamb, and Marco can be found at scrimmagestats.com, and of course at the Hockey Expert. I'm AJ Cordero. Let's get into this week's action. Just want to make a note that uh Adam Boucher is actually not here with us. He's in enemy territory, but he'll be back and fully in action as of next week. But in any case, you get Marco, you get me, which is two parts of the Holy Trinity. Let's get right into it. So let's start talking about. The big news that happened this morning, which is the Suzuki extension. Marco, what do people need to know?
1: I think that they're going to win out on it. I think that you look at a player like him, the progression he's made, the fact that he led the Montreal Canadiens in scoring uh, in the playoffs. The You know, I I get that he scored 60 points uh, this season, but he was on fire, absolute fire uh, to end the season and into the playoffs. He was basically almost at a point per game um, in the last 50 games of the season, which is the most important. If you look at what happens today, what does this mean? I think, uh, you know, if you look at comparables for contracts like this, you can look at Ryan Eugen Hopkins at the moment where he signed in 2014. Uh, most recently, you can look at Nico Hishier, uh, who signed a comparable contract, I believe two years ago. Um, this is a gamble teams are taking more and more, signing their restricted free agents to long-term deals uh, very early. Because... They believe in the player and they, they can see the signs of the player continuing to progress in a way uh, that would make them not only worthy of the contract in the short term, uh, and for those that don't know, this contract only kicks in next season, not this season. So there's a world where Suzuki could possibly be worth about $8 million as soon as next year. Should he hit the 70-point plateau and continue his exceptional two-way game, um, I'd have a hard time arguing that he's not worth that. And at the same time, it also sets precedence for the rest of the lineup. Your center is your center line is basically taken care of now because you have Suzuki. You now have Dvorak signed long term and they had already signed Evans to a three year extension. So if you want to add to that nucleus, you have the liberty to do so because they're all signed for at least another three years. So kudos to Mark Bergevin on this one. I think that you know, this is a fair contract to start and will quickly become uh, one of the better contracts uh, for the Montreal Canadiens.
0: So comparable contracts could include, for example, you talked about Hirscher, but we also have Pedersen, uh, Kuznetsov at 7.8, Couture at 8, Duchenne at 8, Aho at 8.4. So this shouldn't be a surprise to most people, right?
1: No, at all. And it's it, when you're looking at contracts like this, you also have to factor in length. The eight-year contract here, you know, it's... It makes the world of a difference. You were mentioning Aho. Aho signed for 8.5 over five years. And that walks him straight into unrestricted free agency. When it comes to a guy like Suzuki, the Montreal Canadiens bought themselves four years of his unrestricted free agency years. That means that Suzuki could have been an unrestricted free agent in four seasons following next season. So in five seasons from now. Um, And the Canadians were able to retain him knowing that, you know, he would have to, had to give up basically the best prime years of his career. If you think about it, Suzuki will be 30 by the time he can sign another contract. So the Canadians will have gotten him well into his prime. Um, and even then, I don't I don't think he's going to go anywhere. I think he's, this is a, a Montreal Canadian's life for to be. But they got value on that deal. And that's what's important.
0: Amen to that. And I love the attitude that we've locked up a great player in Suzuki for the For the foreseeable future, and I'm excited about this team, Mark Bregeway has been dealt quite a few different hands this past few uh, weeks, and it's not been always the best, but this is definitely one of those that you can just say we're excited and we're happy that this is happening. In things that we're not as happy about, but we are very concerned and we are hoping for the best, uh, Carey Price will be away from the team voluntarily to take part in the Player Assistance Program. Now, before any speculation starts, we don't know why, we just know that he's entered the program and for the next 30 days, uh, mom's the word. Uh, but I, I'm hoping that perhaps because of uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Drouin's positive experience with stepping away from the game, this will be eye-opening for teammates and league mates around the team.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I feel like, you know, it's, it's going to open a lot of eyes. It's going to make people more aware of what they were looking at, what they're doing, um, how they communicate uh, stuff like this, and how they present it publicly. I think it's going to help a lot of people kind of uh, move towards a more open dialogue on the subject. Uh, and kudos, you know, it, it, to me, I think that, you know, this is this is a conversation we need to start having more and more um, and having a guy like him step up and, and and kind of, you know, make that decision for himself, uh, I believe is brave. And it's a trend setting uh, move, but he's been setting trends for 10 years, so nothing new on that front. Uh, but, con- you know, I, I really hope he's able to come out of this stronger, smarter. Um, you know, it certainly worked for Joy. Um, and, and and we'll see how that turns out this season. But definitely, uh, when it comes to a guy who, in my opinion, plays the hardest position in hockey, which is the number one goalie for the Montreal Canadiens, uh, you know, take care of yourself because he's given this uh, he's given this franchise its only Stanley Cup final run uh, in thirty almost thirty years. So you know, do do you uh, the last year and a half has been very taxing on athletes. So I completely understand this and I
0: apply it. And wishing all the best for CP 31. Our thoughts are with him. Hope everything goes well. Speaking of other things going well, Caden uh, Ghoulie heading off to Prince Albert. Uh, so I guess this is pretty much a vote of confidence in the D-men we have on the team right now.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I believe that when you look at what is what is happening with, with Ghoulie, I feel like that was a smart decision. It was the right decision. Um, they weren't tempted to keep him up. Um You know, would Caden Gooley have been able to hold his own in the NHL? Maybe. Maybe he could have been used as a sporadic third pair guy. But you don't want to bring him in to do that because he still has aspects of his game that he should work on. And where better to do that than in junior? I mean, we hear it all the time that the NHL is not a league uh, that is used for developing. And I, I believe that wholeheartedly. And I feel like if you aren't ready your potential is to be a top four defenseman and you aren't ready to at least walk in and be on the cusp of that, then you're not ready. And in in Gouli's case, especially as a defensive minded uh, player, you really hope that he kind of develops the offensive side of his game so that he can be a more complete player, a player that has more confidence in his ability to diversify uh, his impact on the ice. And going to Prince Albert, he's going to play 20, 22 minutes a game. He's going to get you know, all, uh, it's not 2022, sorry, 25, 26 minutes a game. He's going to get all the attention he needs. uh, And if should Prince Albert uh, play, uh, you know, into the basement of the WHL, he will most likely be traded to a WHL contender and possibly push for a spot in the Memorial Cup. So, you know, you throw in the World Junior Championship, something that Ducharme knows a lot about and and advocated, knowing full well that Gouli might you know, be captain of that team for Canada. I think that, you know, the Canadians had everything to gain by sending him back. Um, their left side isn't actually that problematic this year. And Romanov is already playing on the third pair. So there's, there's no need uh, to have a guy like Caden Gooley. Now, Ben Sherat's contract expires this season. Should Caden Gooley come out of the gate swinging next training camp, I could see him making the team there.
0: So big minutes with the Raiders, I would assume, and also the World Juniors uh, the coming up this uh, this uh, winter, right? Yeah,
1: absolutely. The Christmas holidays, as usual.
0: Going to be fun. Going to be exciting. Speaking of other exciting things that are happening, uh, the Habs claimed Adam Brooks off of waivers. So I think a lot of people are just looking at this and cl- basically say this is a decent shot at the fourth centerman.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I, he should, in my opinion, if I had to juxtapose him next to Cedric Paquette, I would put Brooks as my fourth-line center. Absolutely. I think that not only can he be a fourth-line center, similar to Evans, I think he has top-nine upside. And I'm not saying that just because Montreal got him. I, I liked him when he played for the Marlies and then eventually when he played for Toronto. I thought that he was always quick on the puck, uh, good motor, very good skating. Uh, and those are that's the recipe to make the at the NHL. The rest requires consistency, requires play, uh and unfortunately it was a numbers game in toronto i mean i'm not going to pat them on the back for much but they have one of the best center depths in the nhl in my honest opinion and you know especially when you have the luxury of playing a jason spezza as your fourth line center brooks had no chance of cracking that lineup unfortunately for him had it been that you know the the leafs traded uh kerfoot and that would have bumped Spets up the lineup i'm even then, uh, you know Brooks getting a consistent try in Toronto would have been tough, and it would have been on the fourth line in Montreal. Um, you know, if there's injuries, I think he can move up the lineup, and this is a guy that was a very skilled player in the WHL. So I think he could get some. He if given the opportunity, you know, I think he could he could flourish in a bottom six role for Montreal, and he's the exact type of player that you would have wanted Ryan Paling to develop into. So it's going to be interesting, and I like where it's going, but basically, you know, it's going to have to play it on the ice. I think a guy like Dominic Ducharme is going to want to play Cedric Pocket, the veteran, uh, especially with Adam Brooks only joining them in Toronto uh, tomorrow. Um, I do believe, however, that throughout the season, fans will see it my way um, and will quickly get behind having a guy like Brooks in the lineup.
0: In any case, we're looking forward to seeing him in a hamster as he got one over on your least fans again. All right, let's jump to something completely different now. Let's talk about, well, actually not really completely different, pretty much the same thing. Let's talk about the finalized 23-man opening night roster, which now includes 15 forwards, six defensemen, and two goaltenders. So Marco, what do you want to start off with? I think we'll start off with the shortest of the list, which is the goaltenders with Jake Allen and Samuel Motambo taking the lead in between the pipes.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's as good as it's going to get. I guess it's uh, definitely not a, I I would definitely call that a bottom five tandem in the NHL right now. I don't think that, you know, I think the loss of Carey Price over any extended period of time is going to hurt. And um, at the end of the day, when you look at what's going to happen here and and how that's going to shake out, I think Jake Allen's going to have to hold down the fort and we're going to have to see. We're going to have to see where he's going to go with this how he's going to expand the role for Montembeau. At the end of the day, for me, um, I, I would be extremely worried if I were a Montreal Canadiens fan. I like the potential of Montembeau. Uh, I do like Jake Allen on a, on a regular, but I feel like when Jake Allen starts to play too much, that's when it starts to aff- affect his play. Not exactly sold. Uh, but it's going to be a wait-and-see kind of scenario.
0: So looking over at the defense now, let's take a look and see that we have Ben Chirat, Kulak, Petri, Romanov, Savard, and Weidman. Uh, I could see this going a few ways, but if we're talking about lines, I, I could see it probably Kulak, Petri, uh, Sherat uh, and Savard, and Romanov and Weidman. What, what do you think on that end?
1: I'm, I mean, look, I, I, with Edmondson being out, it complicates a lot of things. Now Kulak is with them because Kulak and Petri have had... Uh, you know, success in the past, but I'm really petrified, I would say, of the potential disasterness, if that's even a word at this point, of the Savard uh Chirot pairing. I feel like that has the potential to turn into to quickly turn into um you know the 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 disaster that was the kola Alsner Shea Weber pairing uh in 2017. I don't know if you remember that. But uh, that didn't last long.
0: I tried not to remember it. Yeah,
1: so basically within the same kind of sphere. So at the end of the day, you know, you have to be careful. And you have to know who you're playing with and and, and how things are going to shake out. I feel like Montreal's defense is at a crossroads. I feel like they have a lot of young guys that are going to be able to come in in the next two years. Strubles, the Harris... Uh, Norlinder at one point. You also have uh, Gouli that's ready. Fairbrother did well at camp. So you're going to have a lot of young guys pushing in. And at that point, you know, it's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting. But it's, to me, uh, not something that I would bank on. I think the defense in Montreal, there's a lot of opportunity for the younger guys to to move up throughout the year. I think that this is... Romanov has to take the chance this year and 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 really kind of push up and and get to the point where he could be a top four player but for me the, the the biggest question is always going to be what do you do uh with you know a guy like Sherratt this season he's in the last year of his contract if Montreal at any point during the season is not in a playoff picture he's going to be at the top of trade boards especially with the playoffs or the idea of the playoffs that Sherrod had last year and the success it brought to the Montreal Canadiens. So something to watch out for. Um, definitely uh, players that could be moved uh, to make room for others.
0: And let's go reverse alphabetical order for the forwards. We have Toffoli, Suzuki, Paling, Perot, Paquette, Lekanen, Gallagher, Evans, Dvorak, Druant, Caulfield, Brooks, Belzil, Armia, and Anderson. So... Uh, just for looking at the, those names on the list, not, not a surprise. I think we would probably see the lines to Foley, Suzuki, Caulfield, Druid, Dvorak, Anderson, Armia, uh, Evans, and Gallagher, Lekanen, Paling, and Perot, and to round it out, Paquette, Brooks, and Belzile.
1: I like the top nine, I especially with the fact that Mike Hoffman is injured. I, I, I like the top nine. If not, Armia would probably slide down to the fourth line, and you'd have Hoffman, Evans, Gallagher, and then probably Lekanen, either Brooks or Perot. And then Armia on the right side of the fourth line. I, I I like the depth along the wings. I have no problem with it. Obviously, big question mark at center uh, with Dvorak and, and Evans. Um, but, you know, again, there's a lot more to like at forward with the Canadians uh, than it is uh, especially, uh, you know, on defense or in nets right now. So a lot of potential. And, of course, Nick Suzuki uh, and Cole Caulfield basically going to be your make-or-break
0: guys. I'd love to see the, uh, the... We're hoping that the Suzuki line will perform like they did in the playoffs, and they may, but they're, they're young. We have to remind themselves ourselves without that, right? Don't you feel?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is Caulfield's rookie season, so we'll definitely have to see what happens at that point. Um, in my honest opinion, it's going to be very difficult for them to see uh, the freedom of play that they had uh, last season, obviously, Caulfield played in the playoffs, so it's far tighter. But Suzuki, um, I feel like playing multiple teams, different situations, different divisions, I think he has the opportunity to grow even further this year and really cement himself as an unquestionable number one center. So I know they're young, but these are two kids with excessive character, and they wouldn't have done what they did in the playoffs if they weren't ready.
0: Well, let's keep rooting for those Habs. Welcome to the uh, the Habs twenty. 20- season. We're so excited to get started, which will take place tomorrow night at the Leafs and uh, we hope perhaps win, but uh, again, lots of trouble to sort of take care of before then. In any case, let's talk about some news from around the league and starting off with, of course, the team that won everything last year, the Tampa Bay Lightning. They gave John Cooper, head coach, a three-year deal. Thoughts?
1: Very, 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 very well-deserved. He's won two two Stanley Cups back-to-back uh, he's going to go coach Team Canada. I mean, it is what it is. It is what it is. I think at the end of the day, you know, you're going to have to go and look at what it is that, you know, uh, John Cooper hasn't done right uh, over the last little bit. And I remember when John Cooper broke into the league about eight, nine years ago. And, you know, what he's done with Tampa and how he's grown that team. Um, you know, yes, he's got, an you know, a good set of players in front of him. But prior to that, you know, he's developed and pre- pretty much the whole way he's developed all these, most of these young players because the, the, you know, the triplet line that they had back in the day up until this season, uh, you know, Victor Hedman came up at the same time that he was coming in. Steven Stamko, same concept. I mean, he just brought this team to another level and I don't, I think he's definitely in the conversation for top five, even, you know, arguably top three coach in the league and, you know, well-deserved. Tampa Bay has got to keep, you know, they don't have a salary cap when it comes to having to keep, uh, you know, uh, coaching staff or executives. So you might as well put, uh, you know, give him a blank check at this point because he, you know, he's done everything he's had to do to properly steer the ship.
0: And when you think about it, he was... Pretty close to being let go, uh, but right before he went on that Stanley Cup run, so it's kind of amazing that how teams will be so quick, like kind of, uh, and to cut the cord. But in this case, it worked out exceptionally well for the city of Tampa, and uh, good luck to Mr. Cooper. Hopefully, just never against us. Uh, I'm going to end off with one happy story that uh, I think just touches all of us in sports and specifically in hockey. But Willie O'Reilly, the National Hockey League's first black player, has received unanimous support from the U.S. Senate for a Congressional Gold Medal. So the U.S. Senate, as you may or may not know from following politics, doesn't really agree on much, but they unanimously passed legislation granting the Congressional Gold Medal to Willie O'Ree.
1: I mean, again, well-deserved. What do you, It's incredible uh, the impact he's had on the game. I think it's incredible the ability uh, that he's had to advance the game and, and, and spark conversation. And I feel like it's just deserved. I think in history, he's going to be looked back as he is right now, and as we will continue to look back uh, as one of those key symbolic players in the game, um, and I, you know, I know that he's going to have his jersey retired, I believe, in Boston as well. So it's um, you know, it's it's poetic, and I think that it helps to bring awareness to a subject. Uh, that is very relevant.
0: And before we end off the show, yes, it's a little bit of a shorter episode this week, but again, we'll be back with really Adam B and all of his wonderful thoughts next week. And again, uh, he was an enemy territory. Hopefully he'll elaborate a little bit more on the podcast next week, but I just want to give you everyone on the show, a heads up on what the games are taking place over the next uh, time before we meet. And of course, tomorrow Habs versus Leafs. leaves. Uh, then we have on Thursday, the Canadians versus the Sabres Rangers versus the Habs on Saturday and Sharks versus the Canadians on Tuesday next week. Any final thoughts before we tag out for the show? I'm just
1: ready to, I'm just ready to go, man. NHL is about to start, and uh, I'm here for it. So we're going to have to see exactly what it is uh, that this team can do. I feel like it's a make or break season for Mark Bergevin. So uh, I look forward to seeing if this team is able to to hold it together throughout the uh, the season, given all the injuries to start off and the uh, Stanley Cup final hangover.
0: And there you have it ladies and gentlemen that's it for the hockey flow i'm pleased to again to give you all the details that you need to know and of course all the knowledge that marco facilitates on the show and of course adam who's just not here this week but he'll be back as of next week all right want to shout out those socials just in case you forgot or you can always fast forward to the beginning of the episode or rewind in this case but let's get started uh really adam b adam that's where he's at on twitter the Hockey Expert, that's where Marco's at on Twitter, at scrimmageofstats.com, that's where he hangs out and posts all of his great analysis. I'm Adrian Cordero, we'll catch you all next week.